The news media is all excited about Robert Mueller testifying about the report, and it doesn't work out really well. New York City police are humiliated, and the guy in charge wants to be president. A trans female lesbian, whatever that is, wants his balls waxed by a female stranger in Canada, and surprise, she won't do it. So he starts a human rights hearing on it. Ilhan Omar and AOC continue to say stupid crap. And let's listen to something fun. There is so much that happened this week, and I'm not even hitting it all. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. There is so much to talk about this week, and I can't even keep up. Hey, guys, I'm sorry. I know I missed a few days in between Monday and today, but I've got something really special planned out for you. Um, and it has nothing to do with politics or news. It has to do with something I've read and some realization. I mean, this could be one of those things that... Uh, an Aristotle slash Plato slash Jean-Paul Sartre kind of moments, but we'll we'll get to that soon, uh, probably this weekend. Um, so, <laughs> Robert Mueller testified. A lot of people pretty much assumed nothing new was going to happen that was outside the report, which has been out for months and lots of people could read it and it was 448 pages so I'm assuming there was a lot of detail by the way I did read the report I'm not assuming there was a lot of detail I think they overdid the detail because this should have been a study on the president colluding it should have been a study on the president actually obstructing justice, and just none of that really happened in the report. But hey, here's a newsflash. Um, you could tell no one cared about this whole thing because no one watched it. This was seven hours of interviewing, and it was actually far less than any of the Kavanaugh hearings. No one actually watched this whole thing. Well, but I wanted to watch it. I was curious. I love politics. So I wanted to watch it. And I watched about the first three hours and I was pretty much done. And I pretty much stopped after three hours because everything that was said was pretty much what I thought. There were two three-hour sessions and both went pretty much the same way. First, let's break down how the testament how the testimony actually works out in a high level. First, there was the media salivating about the impact of the testimony and what was going to happen. Let's listen to the compilation of the pre-testimony. This was before Mueller started testifying testifying and let's just see how the media was actually reacting to this. So, <laughs> this compilation, by the way, I, I got from uh, the Daily Wire. If you don't subscribe, you need to subscribe. It's a great service. So, let's listen to Andrew Clavin's compilation. Everybody here in D.C. counting down to 
Mueller time. Pretty much whatever happens tomorrow is high stakes. High stakes hearing on Capitol Hill. The stakes are extremely high. The stakes are so high. The stakes could not be higher. We are on the eve of historic hearings. Historic. Historic, historic testimony. Historic. 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 This is the room where history will unfold. You really can't overestimate what is on the line for Democrats when it comes to Robert Mueller's testimony. This is a very big deal. So crucial. Really, really important. Very dramatic. Mueller's testimony this morning could be their last best chance to convince the public to support impeachment. Do you think there's a make-or-break moment? Look, it's their make-or-break moment. Could the outcome sway undecided House Democrats on impeachment? What happens here today is likely to be a turning point in the fight over impeachment. Do you think that it could change the dial on impeachment? It's going to be very damning. The recitation of that evidence could be incredibly damaging. A key moment in the Trump presidency. Testifying before Congress with the presidency at stake. They are so excited. Trump is now officially screwed. Robert Mueller is going to testify. And we're going to listen to it for six hours. We're going to listen to Robert Mueller put the nails in Donald Trump's cross. Crucify him. This is going to be awesome. Okay, well, here's the problem. I mean, it was going to be what is reality versus the fantasy. I really love movies. I love fantasy movies. And you know something? This ended up being pretty much fantasy. So, listen. I tell you what. Let's Don't listen to me. Let's listen to a compilation, again, from The Daily Wire, The Andrew Clavin Show who I love. Let's listen to what actually happened. I'm not going to discuss uh, other matters. I'm not going to answer that. I, I'm not familiar uh, uh, with uh, with that. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to engage in discussion about what happened after the uh, production of our uh, report. Not going to get into details. That's not in my purview. Well, uh, I... I I can't get into who wrote it. I can't get into that internal deliberations. I, I, well, I, I can't get into it. I am not going to get into that. I don't want to speculate. Well, I'm not going to go further in terms of discussing. I don't necessarily credit uh, what you're saying uh, occurred. I can't go into the discussion of uh, uh, our uh, investigative moves. Well, I'm not going to get into that any further than I, than I already have. I, I, I get into that at this juncture. I can't speak to that. I can't speak to that. That was outside our purview. I'm not going to speak to that. Uh, I'm not going to speak to that. Not going to get into that. And I am not going to answer that question, sir. I do not accept your characterization of what occurred. I'm not going to speak any more to it. I'm not going to answer that. Oops. Spin wasn't going to be wasn't going to be easy here. Not only did Mueller not produce a video of Trump having sex with a gay prostitute guinea pig, he didn't even sound coherent. He didn't sound like he knew what he was doing. He didn't sound like he knew anything about his report. There wasn't enough time to figure out how to spin this by the liberal news media. So they got caught. They didn't spin it. Listen to this. You look who's winning now. It certainly seems like Donald Trump is winning between the two. I don't think there's any moment that stood out that says, oh, my God, there was no aha moment from from this. I, I was hoping to hear a little more clarity about whether or not we look at, at this report as a referral. That question, was the ball advanced? No. Impeachment's over. They needed more fuel. 
for any kind of impeachment effort. So look, on optics, this was a disaster. But he, um, a lot of Democrats in particular used the D word and branded this a disaster early on. Yeah, pretty much. I was around in the 80s when Reagan appointed Mueller. Yes, I'm aging myself here. This was sad. What I saw was not a happy moment. It was really kind of sad. He looked old, confused, unsure of himself. I remember when this guy was really a stud. And after watching this whole thing, I feel really old. But let's move on from that. Uh, Republicans did push. And uh, we did learn some things here. And I think that swamp thing that Trump keeps talking about and everyone, everyone keeps talking about is probably there. First thing is that Trump didn't obstruct. So Republicans really pushed that narrative. Right from Mueller, listen. At any time of the investigation, was your investigation curtailed or, curtailed or stopped or hindered? No. That one word from Mueller, no, ends impeachment. It's over. This was the only crime that was possible. Obstruction. Because conspiracy, <coughs> which they conflated with collusion, was not an option, either per Mueller's testimony, the whole thing was over. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about Trump's hands in conspiracy or collusion. Collusion is not a crime. Conspiracy is. So let's talk about, let's let Mueller talk about actual conspiracy. Listen to this. The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired with the Russian government in its election interference activities. It, get worse. it gets far worse for Mueller. The question a lot of Democrats had is the fact that Mueller couldn't exonerate Trump. Well, then Trump must be guilty, right? And he must be impeached. So, yeah, no, that's not his job. Let's listen to Representative Ratcliffe talk about this. Can you give me an example other than Donald Trump where the Justice Department determined that an investigated person was not exonerated because I, their I, innocence was not conclusively determined? I, I cannot, but this is a unique okay, situation. Well, I, you can't. Time is short. I've got five minutes. Let's just leave it at you can't find it because I'll tell you why. It doesn't exist. It was not the special counsel's job to conclusively determine Donald Trump's innocence or to exonerate him because the bedrock principle of our justice system is a presumption of innocence. It exists for everyone. Everyone is entitled to it, including sitting presidents. Exactly. It's not an investigator's or prosecutor's job to exonerate. That's up to the defense attorney. And most, the end point is the judge. The Dems have said four times in this interview of Mueller, the president is not above the law. Well, here's the thing, and a lot of Republicans have said that he's not below the law either. Trump is innocent until proven guilty. The investigator 
is there to find evidence of a crime. If the investigator finds evidence, he indicts, and then it is the job of the defense of the attorney to exonerate his client. But if the investigator does not find evidence of a crime, the investigatee is considered innocent. Case closed. There has been no evidence of collusion or obstruction. We're done here. There isn't enough evidence. And to be honest with you, I'm thinking there's none. There's no evidence. They can't prosecute Trump on obstruction or conspiracy. Therefore, end of story, he's innocent. Done, finito, kaput. But here's the thing that makes me have hope about Robert Mueller. Because he was a hero of mine. He really was. I mean, I was happy when he was named special prosecutor. Mueller is old, he's lost a step, and he was not in control of this investigation. He was just a figurehead. The Democrats ran the investigation. This was proven when Robert Mueller couldn't address Fusion GPS or Glenn Simpson. I... This whole thing was part of the swamp. It was bad. Listen to this. When you talk about the, the firm that produced the steel reporting, uh, the name of the firm that produced that was Fusion GPS. Is that correct? Well, I, I'm not familiar uh, uh, with, uh, with that. I, well, uh, let, you, let me just help you. Uh, it, it was. It's not, it's not a trick question or anything. It was Fusion GPS. Now, Fusion GPS produced the opposition research document wide, widely known as the Steele dossier, and the owner of Fusion GPA was uh, someone named Glenn Simpson. Are, are you familiar with? Yeah, that's is outside my purview. It's not outside his purview. That's exactly what he was investigating. Because here's the thing. A lot of people thought that this Trump dossier that they came up with out of nowhere, which was collected by Fusion GPS which was written by Glenn Simpson, which was collected by Daniel Steele, which was, or Steele, I don't know if his first name was Daniel, but it, it, which was collected by Steele, which was paid for by Hillary Clinton and the DNC. It was definitely within his purview. Within his purview. This was really bad. Here's the thing, and this is where the swamp comes in. This was not, not, a Robert Mueller investigation. This was a um, this was a swamp investigation. And I, even though I think we should end this whole thing soon, I think we really need to find out what exactly happened. So, um, I, I got a feeling Devin Nunez is going to come out with a, uh, a report about what happened. He's going to definitely talk about Steel. He's definitely going to talk about Fusion GPS. He's definitely going to talk about the DNC. He's going to talk about um, uh, Fusion GPS. He, he's going to talk about all this stuff. It's coming. And I think there's going to be some ugliness here. So I, I spent 16 minutes on this. And to be honest with you, I think I spent far more time than it deserved. This was garbage. It was a garbage interview. And is a garbage testimony. 
and it just really, I think it really hurt. Um, I think it really hurt Bob Mueller. And that's too bad because Bob Mueller is a good guy. He really is. And maybe he's a never Trumper. Maybe. And that's bad. That's bad in that, you know, Trump's your president. Obama was my president. I, I hated Obama. I, I voted against him twice. I, I, I don't like Obama. I don't like any of his policies. He was my president. He always was. Never Trumpers will sit back and they're on both sides. They'll ignore everything and just go against them. I'm not moving to Canada because Barack Obama... Oh, AOC, AOC could win in 2024. Excuse me. AOC can win in 2024. I won't go to Canada, which really sucks. And you'll find out why in a few more stories. But I just think it's really, really sad. Bob Mueller, I've got nothing but respect for you. I know you were in a bad position. God bless you, son. And I know you are, are moving on to retirement. Enjoy retirement. Now, let's go to a, a far more disturbing story. A, a story that actually is a story. And this is the police assaults in New York. In Brooklyn and Harlem, police officers were assaulted with water. One actually got hit in the head with a bucket. Uh, and what did these cops do? Well, nothing. They were doing their jobs. One was arresting a guy who had a warrant... And the other two didn't seem to be doing anything. They were just getting assaulted with water. And what's really insane about the videos, and if you want to see the videos, go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com or just go to YouTube and, and look them up. These guys didn't seem to be doing anything. They took it. Me, if I'm a cop, I've got a gun. I got news for you. People are getting arrested, getting shot. I, because this is an assault on a police officer. This is shameful, and it's been coming. This was going to come. All these people should be arrested and charged with felony assault on a police officer. It doesn't matter that their lives weren't at risk. Eventually, their lives will be at risk. So far, four of these people have been arrested. Just four. And if you look at the videos, it's far more than four. It's disgusting. I am sick and tired of hearing about how awful the police are. Or any law enforcement for that matter. That includes ICE. That includes Border Patrol. When I see crap like this, I just want to blow. The reality is cops take a lot of garbage on a daily basis. They're not appreciated and their jobs suck. I used to teach computer... A long time ago, I used to teach computer networking. And I used to teach at a vocational school, which means a lot of these people don't have careers. And there were a ton of cops at these vocational schools. And this was in Los Angeles. So this wasn't in New York. When I asked why these guys quit their jobs, because I thought being a police officer got to be awesome. It's got to be power. You've got to feel good about what you're doing. They said, well, there are two reasons. One, the politics sucked. And they got tired of taking crap from everyone. And I never thought about it, but yeah, they really do. The situation in New York is not a citizen 
cop political problem. It's the opposite. It's a top-down problem. It's politics to the cops to the citizens. The mayor of New York City is Bill de Blasio, uh, the groundhog killer. You know who he is. If not, maybe I need to post something on my um, YouTube site. But he's been demonizing the NYPD for years. He has said that his son, who's half black, his wife is black, uh, de Blasio's wife is black, he's white, uh, will need to learn how to deal with police so he doesn't get shot. Well, I mean... If Bill de Blasio gave a shit about his kid, how he's going to teach his kid on how to deal with cops is don't commit crimes where getting shot is a possibility. Don't wave a gun in front of a cop. Don't wave a weapon in front of a cop. Don't fight cops. Do what... Hey, I get pulled over. I My hands are up. I'm good. The cop asks me something. I do what I want. Is that because I'm white? No, because I'm doing what the cops are asking me. The NYPD condemned his comments. They even turned their backs on him during a funeral procession for another cop who was killed by a thug. Now, here's something... I do not believe that people that are being arrested, I believe that most people that are actually arrested deserve to be arrested. I don't believe they're innocent. I don't believe cops actually fuck, actually focus, I almost cussed, actually focus on people just because of their skin color that say, I don't think cops get, a, <coughs> get out of a police car and say, I'm going to shoot this guy, he's black or he's Mexican or whatever. I believe cops actually are trying to do their job. But apparently the government in New York doesn't feel that way. De Blasio, since he was elected as mayor, following a really good mayor, and by the way, not directly following, but following a really good mayor who cleaned up the streets in uh, Giuliani, is a disaster for New York. Violent crime is up. And don't listen to the statistics here. Crime that isn't a crime anymore does not mean that crime isn't up. For example, in California, oh, well, we don't, we don't arrest as many people for crime. Well, yeah, you've legalized just about every drug. You've legalized illegal immigration. You've legalized breaking into cars. That does not mean that that crime isn't taking place. So to sit back, if I legalize murder, crime is, crime is going to go down. And that's what's happened in New York. The homeless problem has exploded in New York. It's the highest in the country. Cost of living is through the roof. Taxes, real estate are unaffordable. People are leaving. The rat population and therefore disease has increased significantly in New York. The only place that even competes with the rat population and disease population is California. Again, another far left-wing state. The quality of life in New York is gone straight to the toilet. 
People can't afford. People are leaving in droves. Even Governor Cuomo in that state has said, okay, we got to figure out how to keep people here because the rich are leaving. The rich are tired of being demonized. They're tired of being overtaxed. And they're tired of living in a crap hole that is New York City. And this guy, <coughs> this guy, <coughs> de Blasio, for some reason, continues to have a job. But hey, that's okay. New York did ban plastic straws. That's great. Awesome. And Godzilla hasn't attacked him in the last few years. So de Blasio must be doing something good. It's disgusting. And this guy who can't run a city of 8 million people is expected to run a country of 350 million? Ugh, I got a feeling his candidacy could be over really soon. And oh my God, they just keep talking and I will keep publishing content when they talk because it's so delicious when they keep talking. Like I've said before, the fresh faces of the Democratic Party are such idiots and we could talk about them every day for an hour a day and they keep going. And they continue to prove that I'm right. And I love being proved right. And I'm going to prove that I'm right again. Ilhan Omar tells Al Jazeera, which, by the way, is based in radical Islamic countries, that the United States should worry about not Islamic terrorists, not illegal immigration. They should worry about White men. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Listen to this. Our country should be more fearful um, of, of, of white men across our country because they are actually um, causing uh, most of the deaths within this country. We should be uh, profiling, monitoring, um, and, uh, and, and creating policies to fight the radicalization of white men. No. No, no. Here's a question. Can you imagine if I said that it wasn't white people you need to worry about, but it's Muslims? Yeah, I would be rightly called a racist. Good news. Most of the country is already calling her a racist, even though the media holds her on a pedestal. Also, when I say we need to worry about radical Islam and not white men, I'm closer to the truth. I guess she forgot about 9-11, the massacre at the Pulse nightclub for the killing and the killings or the killings at Fort Hood. All of these were committed by radical Islam. And that is a touch of what has happened. Listen, white nationalists are bad and they need to be rid of, but there are very few of them. Most white people, most white men, do not accept these people. Radical Islam, and I'm not talking about the average Muslim, is far worse and more prevalent than white nationalists. There are very few white nationalists. We don't have um, 
we don't have protests with a bunch of white nationalists. It just doesn't happen that much anymore because they're condemned. Well, that was really stupid, and that's fine. But then there's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Seriously, does she actually write down what she's going to say before she says it? Or does she wing this stuff when she talks? We're not talking she's being questioned here. She's actually having a... She's making a speech here. Which is kind of like, okay, you're making a speech. That's great. Do you actually write something down or do you wing this? Because she sounds so stupid. And she sounds confused. And she uses... The inflection in her voice sounds like, wow, you know, like, I'm really here? She, she doesn't sound philosophical or, she, or a deep thinker. She sounds stupid. Listen to her word vomit, vomit that she gave this weekend. I think uh, migration to me is liberation. It's the ability to move and be it's the freedom to be really is what we're talking about and i think that all people should be free to be here and in our communities um because i think that I, when you start viewing human beings as intrinsically valuable you feel blessed that they have come to you with their presence and that's really i think the shift that we need to make as a country i think I'm not sure, but I think Aristotle said the same thing in his uh, book, Ethics. I didn't actually read that yet, but I can't be sure. Migration is liberation. The freedom to be. How freaking Jean-Paul Sartre of her. What the hell is she talking about? Hey, illegal aliens can be free to be in their own crap hole country. God, she's dumb and completely illiterate. I think she needs to go back to that crappy college that she went to for a political science degree or whatever the hell she got and get her money back. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. So, here's the thing. I, I it, it gets better. It's going to get funnier and funnier and funnier. This is a great story because it shows a couple of problems here. But first, let's get to the story. Um, there is a trans female named Jessica Yanev. I'm not. In, she lives up in Canada. I, I don't know if that's how to pronounce her name, and I really don't care. Now, for those who do not keep notes, a trans female is a guy who thinks he's a chick. He walks into a beauty... So this guy walks into a beauty salon and asks the Brazilian to give him a bikini wax. Here's the thing. Yaniv still has his junk. He's got his balls. He's got his twig. He's got everything he needs to have to actually be a man. The gal at the shop said that she can't do it for two reasons. A... She's not a train she's not trained in waxing men and B she's grossed out by the fact that this guy wants her to touch his junk. Well, Yaniv decided to take this to Canada's human rights division and file a complaint. Now it looks like this beautician 
who really can't do the job anyway, is out of business. She actually closed her business over it. Yenef is a piece of work in himself. Um, because I did a little research and a lot of people did some research on him. When I say I mean a piece of work, I really mean he's a piece of shit. And I would say a piece of crap, but no, this guy is literally a piece of shit. I'm sorry if there are kids in the car. He calls himself a, a transsexual lesbian. Um, there are a couple of problems with this. He still has his genitals that he was born with or assigned. I don't know what that means, but he still has his genitals. Seeing this doesn't mean he's a straight guy wearing women's clothes, which would make him a transvestite. He's not a transsexual. He's a transvestite. And being lesbian proves that. This guy likes women. He just likes wearing women's clothing. Um, we also are finding out that he's kind of a pervert. Apparently, he's not only likes women, but he likes really young women. He was going to host a youth all-bodies swim pool party. Now, I'm going to put that in quotes because that's the title of his event. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Apparently, it is a party that allows, a pool party that allows skinny dipping for the LGTBQRSTUWVXYZ for girls who are 12 to 24 years old. Oh, wait, I forgot something. No parents are allowed. So no parents or guardians are allowed to this pool party. So you could have a 12-year-old that shows up, strips naked, jumps into a pool, or at least topless. And this pervert is good with that. He's a pedophile. What's disgusting here is how women's rights are not as important when someone who is in a higher victim class, wants something. This gal doesn't want to touch some guy's junk. I bet if I walked into a place and demanded them to um, wax my balls, but I sat back and told them I was straight, I'd be refused, called a pervert, I'd have no legal ramifications up in Canada. This is the pitfall of intersectionality. Intersectionality rates people based on their victimhood, their victim class. So right off the bat, white men are at the bottom. Black men are right above them. Then you have white women. Then you have gay men. Then you have, and it keeps going so far. So a victim class would be, where are you? So if you're a black transsexual woman who's a lesbian, you're going to have the real you're really going to have the highest class of victimhood. Okay. The other... So, when you sit back and you say, no, I'm not going to do this. Well, you're a woman, but you're a, he's a man. He's a transsexual woman. So, he has a higher victim class of that woman. Who, by the way, was an immigrant. A minority immigrant. She has less victimhood 
than this transsexual, quote, transsexual man. He's not a transsexual man. He's a transvestite. That's what he is. He's a man who likes wearing women's clothing. He's, and, and saying he's a lesbian, he's not a lesbian. He likes women. So in other words, he likes to have sex with the same kind of people that I like to have sex with. So he's not transsexual, okay? He's a man who likes wearing women's clothing. Here's the thing. I like wearing kilts when I run. Uh, doesn't make me a transsexual. The other problem here is that it shows that we need to lie about what this guy really is because of his intersectionality class. He's a pervert. He's sick. He's not a transsexual woman. This is reality. He's a man who likes wearing dresses. And he's a man that likes prepubescent girls. When we lie about who people really are, we have stories like this. And people's lives, people who are normal, yes, I'm calling it normal, these people are ruined. The Canadian government should look at who this guy really is instead of looking at his intersectional victimhood scale and reject this guy's claim but they don't do that. Canada, under that Justin Trudeau, is so messed up, it's not even funny. Sorry, my alarm went off. I stopped it and I started up again. Now, here's for the great story. By the way, all these stories, you can watch the full video at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I decided to end this in a real positive way. Let's. <laughs> this is an awesome video I found on Twitter, and I decided to post it. This story is just really funny. This is a video of a bunch of pro-gun control fanatics being taken to a gun range and being allowed to shoot automatic handguns and shotguns. Their reactions are priceless. Now, I was going to actually only take sections of this video, I wasn't going to show you the entire video. I wasn't, I'm sorry, the video you can see on my website, but I wasn't going to take a snippet of this video as far as um, audio only. I've decided, I changed my mind. It was like two and a half minutes. I thought this video was fantastic. Just listen to it and you'll see why I just couldn't cut anything out of this. It was awesome. shot a gun before so I just have no idea what it's gonna be like. I'm really excited about it. I'm also pretty nervous. Alright so first of all let's talk about the 9mm Beretta. Pretty easy to use. It's like the feeling that you get when you're about to go on a roller coaster. I thought this was just gonna be fun and I'm feeling deeply deeply scared. So you're gonna lean your body forward like that okay? You ready? Hold it. In? Now Get ready to shoot. Oh. Load it. It's really hot. It's hot, basically. Oh, okay. Right? So right there, you hit the hanger. Not right? What you want. Not, not what you want. You you don't realize that in real life when you shoot a gun, just firing once, I took a lot out of me. I was like, I fired once and then I wanted to take a nap. Go ahead. Right? Take your time. Take your time. Go turn around. There's another one in there? Yes. Oh, my God. Keep it up there. Good. Oh, you're doing well. Shit. What? Whoa! My hands are 
sweating. I don't know if you can see that. Oh my God, I can't. My heart is like racing so fast right now. You can feel it throughout your whole body. And I'm not as scared as I was, but I'm scared for the shotgun, definitely. Never in my whole life did I think I would shoot a shotgun. Good. I felt kind of badass. What is it? Cocking the shotgun? Yeah, that feels, you know, that's a badass gesture right there. Oh, my God. That's thunder. What? Oh my god. Oh, I don't think I can do that. Oh, sorry. It smells like like firecrackers or something. Gunpowder. My teeth are like. Uh, Alright, I don't want to do it anymore. It was kind of enjoyable, but then I was getting sickened at me feeling enjoyable about it. Shooting a gun in this gun. Was that awesome or what? Tell me you didn't think that was awesome. Here's the... You need to see the video. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at the video. Okay, it's freaking awesome. One of these gals shot a shotgun and she was so shocked. She started turning towards her instructor with the barrel pointing at his gut. These people are just incredibly stupid. I mean, the chick that says I need to take a nap, and the other one said I had so much fun I felt bad for it. Here's the thing. We talked in the last episode about a civil war in the United States. I got news to you. Come and get come and get me. I'm pro-Second Amendment. I have guns. Uh, come over here. Try and take my guns away. And while you're throwing tofu at my ass... I'll use my 9mm shotgun or AR-15 and we'll take care of business. It's so stupid. I mean, my God, guns are not bad. I, I tell you what, I can take my 9mm right now, put it on the my toilet seat, and I guarantee it's probably not going to do a heck of a lot. These people... Oh, but I... I love the Second Amendment. It's so freaking awesome. And I love watching liberals, left-wingers, sit back doing something. They go outside their comfort zone and saying, you know, this wasn't that bad. Because that's what all those people actually said. This isn't that bad. They need some safety courses. The chick who was pointing the shotgun at the instructor's belly, yeah, that's probably bad. But she can learn this stuff. Here's the reality. The rights that we have, free speech, um, the allowance for guns, things they're not that bad. They're actually pretty good. And they're there for a reason. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, on uh, Podbean, on Podcast Addict. You can actually download it from those. You can listen to it on YouTube. That'll be done tomorrow. Um, please visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Please leave a comment. Please subscribe to everything. That'll be pretty awesome. And you can follow me on Twitter at Fool. Uh, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. 
please leave a comment. And uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend, great Friday night. I've got a phenomenal podcast coming up. It's just taking me a lot longer to write it. It's probably going to be a couple of... Uh, couple it's probably gonna be over an hour i don't think it'll be that long but it's a phenomenal podcast and it has nothing to do with news or politics it's just my take this is gene and you're listening to dumbasses talking politics